a series um, we're calling Faith and Expectancy. I shared with you last week the reason we're in this series is because it's a, a word we feel like we heard from the Lord for 2022, is that this is a year that God wants to build in our, in our body a culture of faith and expectancy. And so we're teaching on the subject and, um, and we're excited about it. I also said last week in my message, kind of the introductory message to this service, is that... Um, you know, where expectations are concerned, we're talking about faith and expectancy, where expectations are concerned, I said that we can expect good things from God. Can I hear an amen? Now, you know, uh, people who, who live by faith and really take hold of the faith message have often been accused of, um, of this belief that somehow if you're a person of faith and if you're living, living, um, living for the Lord correctly, that challenges will never come in your life. Can I tell you that is not what we believe? You know, I was thinking it's, this is a football season. Um, both the professional and the college football seasons are winding down to the playoffs and eventually going to be a championship game. And if you, if you think about uh, the, champion, the champion football team, you aren't a champion because you avoided conflict. You don't become a champion because you managed to get out of the way of conflict. You become a champion because you handle conflict well. And so when we talk about living by faith, not saying that the challenges of life won't come to you because the challenges are coming, but what makes you as a, a victor is by handling the challenges correctly. So when I say to you that set your expectations on the fact that God wants good things from, for you, it doesn't mean that, it, that life is just going to be unicorns and rainbows. However, if you handle the challenges correctly, then victory is in our future. But even if we fail, we have this great promise in the word that says all things are working together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So whether I win or lose, God's working in me. Good things are at the end because of the God that I serve. So when we're setting our expectations, the way I want us to begin to think is that God has good things for us in life. Even though we may have to go through some challenges to get there, God has some good things in, in, in store for us. However, we can't just set expectations for good things on, on nothing, on thin air. Our expectations have to be tied to something. And what we mentioned last week is that if we expect good things, it needs to be tied to the foundation of faith. There has to be a foundation of faith under us for our expectations to be built on. Are you tracking with me on those thoughts? So this morning, what I want to do is I want to go deeper into the subject of faith. I want to begin talking to you about faith. Now, the Bible has, says a lot about faith. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to how much the Bible says about faith. It says things like the just shall live by faith. In other words, faith is a lifestyle for the believer. It says that we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you just want to please God? Well, that takes faith. Jesus said crazy things to his disciples. He said, you know, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this swamp, now he said mountain, but since we live in Louisiana, if he were here, I'm determined he would have said swamp. 
He'd have been able to say to this swamp, get from here and move to there. Jesus would heal people and he'd say, it was your faith that made you whole. You tracking with me? So faith is a big deal. You need to get that through your head is that faith is a big deal. And the Bible talks so much about it. I believe, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I believe it's probably something we ought to have a pretty good understanding on, right? So this morning, I really want to unpack to you the, uh, the idea of faith. But I want to I begin in this way. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And, and we're going to begin here. And here's what I want to do. I want to show you something that we, uh, we all hope to or we expect to receive from God. And it's the, it's the subject of salvation. How many of you expect to go to heaven one day? Please raise your hand. If you're in the room and you expect to go to heaven one day. Okay, there's your expectancy. But I want to show you, so that's something, it's not, not the only thing we hope to receive from God, but it's something we, we hope to receive from God. And I want to show you how faith applies to receiving salvation. And when we see how it applies to salvation, we can apply it to anything else we're believing for or expecting for from God. Okay. So this is a, this is a foundational scripture. This one needs to be underlined in your Bible. And so I always often say, if you've got a Bible that you can't write in, throw it away and buy one you can. Okay? You ought to be able to write in your Bible. So every believer ought to have this scripture underlined in their Bible. It's Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And here's what it says. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And it goes on to say that it's the gift of God, verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, let's just go through that a little slower, and I want to show you some things. It says, for by grace are you saved. Here's Jody's interpretation of what that means. By the grace of God, it was the grace of God that made a way for salvation to be available to us. So, by grace, God made a way. Remember the, uh, the, the definition of grace? One of the definitions of grace is unmerited favor. It's just, God is so good. Anybody in here deserves salvation? Just look at your neighbor and say, you don't deserve it, sorry. None of us deserve it. It was, it was by God's grace that he made salvation available to us. But the way we access it, it's been made available to us, but the way we access it is through faith. So it's by faith that I reach out and I receive salvation from God. We understand that it's a gift from God. And verse nine really is my favorite because I believe a lot of people miss this. And please, just let me take a time here to make sure that we're founded well on salvation. Verse nine says, it's not of works lest any man should boast. And you know, in this message, honestly, as I was preparing for this message, you know who I'm really aiming this message at? I'm really aiming it at church kids. Do we have any church kids besides me and Trent Talbert in the room? Any church kids in here? Okay, we got to get it right. Sometimes we've heard so much in church that we don't know the God of the church. And all we know is the, the method and we do the things and we jump through the hoops, but we don't really know the God of the church. And so I want to talk to church kids this morning. It says, verse 9, our, our salvation is not by works, lest any man should boast. 
You know, I've often thought that, that myself included or any other pastor in the American church, imagine that if I were to just go out into the crowd right now and grab someone and bring them up on stage with me. Any volunteers? Okay, just some pastor go out in the congregation and grab somebody, pull them up on stage and hand them a microphone and ask this question. Ask two questions. First of all, are you saved? And if they were good church kids, they would say yes. But then I would say, how do you know you're saved? And that question right there, I'm not sure believers could, under, could, could answer correctly. There's a lot of believers, I'm not sure we could answer that correctly. Because the incorrect answer would start with, well, I, I did, I shook someone's hand. I said a prayer. I signed a piece of paper. I was baptized. I wrote a check. I did. If, if the answer to the question of how did you know you're saved begins with you, you've got the wrong answer. Because if it begins with me, then it was something that I could boast about because it was one of my works. So if there's any me in my answer, it's wrong. Can somebody breathe in the room, please? Because that's not how we're, how we're saved. Because there's no boasting in me. You know, I've lived long enough to know now. I really have. That... That at 50 years old and the title that I have, I mean, the title of pastor, I've lived long enough and I know about the Lord, enough about the Lord now to know that that has zero bearing on my salvation. How many times I've been to church, how much money I give, how many places I serve, all the good acts I do in the community, it amounts to nothing. Zero. There's only one reason I can go to heaven. There's only one way for me to be in right standing with God. And that's putting my faith in Jesus. When, the, when we answer the question, how do I know I'm saved? The only bragging to be done is on Jesus. It's in putting, so grace has made salvation available to us, but it's us exercising our faith in, the, in who God is, what Jesus has done for us. And when we exercise our faith in that way, that's how we become born again. We mentioned last week in, in the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter, Jesus himself said, you know, there's going to be people who stand before God one day. And, and they say things like, well, didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And I could add some to those lists. Again, didn't we give big offerings in your name? Didn't we, you know, uh, go help out at the homeless shelter? And didn't we uh, serve at the church? And didn't we, you know, do all these things? Didn't we have a Bible study? Didn't we host a small group? Didn't we, didn't we, didn't we? And God's going to look at him and say, but, but I never knew you. So the question is not what we do. It's not about what we can do to boast about. It doesn't matter if you were baptized or if you took communion or if you joined the church or that, none of that matters. Please hear me church. Cause this is, I mean, if we miss this, we miss everything. One thing that matters, salvation is through faith, us exercising our faith and who God is and what his son has done for us. Nothing we can brag about. So if we hope, if we hope to receive salvation, it's, it's only, it's only happens in one way and it's by faith. 
So everything we hope for in God. So we're talking about specifically about salvation now, but it may be something else you're hoping for. Can I tell you this? We receive nothing from God apart from faith. Everything we receive from God comes through faith. So this is an important subject where we're using salvation as our example right now. So based on that information, if, if it's all hinges on faith, we need to have a good understanding of faith. So turn with me a few chapters uh, toward the back of your Bible to the book of Hebrews, a couple of books uh, to the back and the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And I want to bring you to a very familiar passage of scripture, but I want to walk through this line by line with you. And we're going to kind of unpack Hebrews 11 verse 1 through verse three. And in this, I want to show you four things. I want to show you four things, uh, two things that it says faith is. So two definitions of faith. And then I want to, um, I want to point out two things that it says that faith does in us as we look in this scripture. So begin reading with me, Hebrews 11 verse one. Now faith is that's pretty important. So if you want to know what faith is, here's, I mean, it kind of spells it out for you. Now faith is, Here's what it is. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In this verse, stop with me there. In this verse, it shows us two things that faith is. If we're going to have a clear understanding of faith so that we can use it as a foundation for the things that we're expecting and know how to receive from God, we need to understand what faith is. And here's two things that it says faith is. It says, first of all, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, if you look up that word in the Greek, you'll look up the word substance, you'll find that the word substance means uh, something with a foundation, or something that is firm. So there are things that I'm hoping for, Right? But my hope has to be built on something with a foundation. Faith is the foundation for our hope or our expectancies. So it's that firm thing. So I don't have what I'm hoping for yet. It's still out there somewhere in the future. But I've got something to stand on. I've got something firm. And that something is my faith. We were talking about salvation here a minute ago. I mean, there's, you know, us standing before God, physically standing before God is somewhere in the future. We're hoping for that day, for that to be a, 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 a good occasion, a happy occasion, right? And so what is it that gives me hope for my salvation, hope for my healing, hope for my marriage, whatever I'm believing for, it's the foundation of faith that I'm standing on that gives me a firm foundation. The problem is some of us don't have a firm foundation. We don't have any way to exercise our faith because we don't know the God whom we're trusting in. We may not even know the God to whom we're praying and so how can we stand on a firm foundation when we really, when we really don't know him? So we were mentioning salvation a minute ago. And again, I was raised in church and, and I've said the prayer and I've done all the things and, you know, uh, been through everything you can do in a church. But coming to this understanding that nothing I can do is good enough to earn my salvation. It's only through faith. It kind of launched me into this idea that I have, I have to know God. Then I have to have a true faith. If my salvation is based on faith. And you know, a couple of years ago, I felt inspired of the Lord 
to write a discipleship curriculum. It's a, it's a small group class that we do. And uh, we're going to, we're about to start one here in the next few weeks. Uh, it's a very small group. And so we'll invite you in. Um, but I wrote the curriculum for this, for this discipleship class. And I felt inspired by God, obviously, you know, hopefully, you know, even some of us pastors, sometimes we still question, you know, like, I think this is what you want me to write down. So I wrote this curriculum and in, as I was writing this curriculum, I really felt led to use the parable of the prodigal son. And so kind of the, the main parable that we use in this curriculum is the story of the prodigal son. Everybody familiar with that story? So as I'm reading it, obviously I've read the prodigal stories, you know, parable several times. So I'm reading it. Um, but every time I teach it, it's like I get more and more enamored with the father in that story. I mean, I've read it. I, I knew the father was a good dude, but it's like I have to teach this class over and over again. So every time I do it, I get more, I fall more and more in love with the father in this story. I mean, every time I read it, I'm like, I am amazed at the generosity of this father. I am amazed at the open forgiveness of this father, the willingness of this father to go beyond himself, to sacrifice. I tell you what, in, in the story of the prodigal son, the father is hands down the hero. And every time I, I, I teach it, I, I become more and more convinced. I'm telling y'all, I'm like fanboying over this father dude. He's just that good to me. But what's happening is as I study the word, I get to know more and more the character and nature of the father. And therefore my love for him, my faith in him, my commitment in him, it's building something underneath me. My, the foundation is being built underneath me in who the father is. You get where I'm going with this? That now... I see and I know that that the father in that story is a picture of our heavenly father. So I'm falling in love with this father on paper, but I know it's not really the father on paper. It's the father in heaven. And I begin to understand that just like the prodigal, when Jody blows it, the father's always there. He's always willing to forgive. He's always willing to restore. He's always willing to justify. He's, al he's always there. My faith is so solid now in who the father is. Guess what? It gives me a foundation to stand on the things I'm hoping for. The fact that I'll have a home in heaven one day is not based on Jody's behavior. It's based on the character and the nature and the goodness of my father. And you can't shake me off of this. Listen to me. You cannot shake me. Because I know it now. I know it. But it took working through this church. Please hear me. Please hear me. It took, it took working through this and getting in my word and studying. And, and, and when you do that, you get to know God. You get to know his nature. All of a sudden, you find yourself standing on solid ground. But if all you know is a couple of Bible stories and a couple of religious uh, phrases, listen, the storm comes and there's nothing solid underneath you. I hope and I, I have expectations for, for things, but it's not built on anything. Everything's shaking around me, and, but there's no foundation. So faith is the firm foundation. It's the substance. It's not just I'm 
throwing hopes or wishes up in the air, pennies in a wishing well. No, no, no. My hope is founded on something and it's founded on my faith. If you receive that, say amen. It goes on to say in verse two, uh, I'm sorry, in verse one, he's not only the substance, he's the evidence of things not seen. So there are things I'm believing for. If you, if you walk with me and listen to me and talk to me, if you and I were friends, you, you'd hear me say things that I'm believing for that aren't yet seen. There are things that I'm, I'm believing for that aren't yet seen. But you know what? There is evidence of those things, even if they're not seen. And the evidence, the word evidence there in the Greek, actually, it's pretty simple. It just means proof. Listen, there's proof for what I'm believing for. And that proof is my faith. Now, I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if it means anything to you. I don't know if you have ears to hear it. I don't know if I have words to communicate it. But I tell you what, there's evidence in Jody. There's evidence in me, even though the things I'm believing for, I don't yet see. So two things that faith is, according to Hebrews verse 11, one, it's substance and it's evidence. Now, in verse 2, it goes on to read, let's read that one more time. Verse two says this, for by it, the elders, by it is faith. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now, if you have, if you're reading in a Bible that has some little study notes down there below it, you'll see this, that it reads kind of like this. For by it, the elders obtained are one. A good report means God's approval, okay? So by faith, the elders People who had gone before, and if, in fact, if you read through uh, chapter 11, you'll see all the people that it's referring to. We call it the, the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, you can read through and see all the characters in the New Testament, who be, I mean, in the Old Testament, who believed God and what they did for it. So it says these, these elders, they, they obtain or won God's favor, God's approval through faith. So the second category I was going to share with you today is what does faith do? First is what is faith is? It's, it's, uh, it's, um, substance. There it is. Yeah. I knew it was there. Substance and evidence. What does it do? First thing is by faith, we receive God's approval. If you're ever going to be in right standing with God, it's, it's, it's by faith. It's by faith in Jesus, not by faith in what you've done. We've already covered that. Not by faith in what you've done. It's going to be faith in who Jesus is and what he has done for you. For so the first thing that it does is it wins us God's approval. Read with me verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. A little tricky language here, but this is my last point. We're going to be wrapping up here in a minute, but this is important. I want to share this to you. It begins, this verse begins in this way. By faith we understand. So the second thing that faith does for us is help us to understand. It gives us understanding. But it says, it, listen how interesting this is. It says, by faith, we understand that the words were formed, um, that the worlds were formed, the things that we see were formed by the word of God. So that things which appear were not made by things that are seen. So in other words, it says this, by faith, we understand that this planet wasn't an accident. By faith, we understand that Charles Darwin had it wrong. By faith, we understand that there wasn't a big bang that made all this happen. By faith, we have understanding to believe things that don't register with our mind. 
to believe things that go beyond our carnal thinking. Can I tell you this? The carnal mind is always in enmity with God. Your carnal mind will never wrap itself around God. You know, today there's, there's a movement in the world and, and even in the body of Christ, there's a movement now where, 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 where people are trying to take the gospel and tear it down. It's called deconstruction, to deconstruct the gospel and prove things wrong. And, you know, uh, I mean, I understand that movement. There's also, I believe it was something God started doing a few years ago to counteract that is there's been a, a, a revival of, of the apologetics movement. An apologist is someone who can defend the word of God. And so I thank God that he's raising up apologists who are able to answer questions. I don't know, you may have been raised in the body of Christ during a time where it was like everybody had questions, but it was taboo to answer, ask them. It's like, we couldn't, you can't ask those questions, right? So a lot of us grew up in that, but the generations now, they're asking questions. They're asking hard questions. And so thank God that he's raising up apologists who know how to answer the hard questions. You got where I'm going? So, so there, there are questions to be asked and, and you younger people who are asking all the questions, I get it, but let me just tell you this. You will never understand the kingdom of God with your carnal mind. It's going to take faith. Not that there aren't answers out there because there are answers, but the kingdom is not perceived with my intellect. There has to be faith involved. And so uh, the building of our faith gives us understanding on how the kingdom of God operates, what I can believe for. I, I can expect the supernatural because of my faith. It helps me understand how God operates. So what we see in this passage of scripture is that faith is two things. It's substance and evidence. It's those things we hang on to. It gives us a firm foundation, evidence, standing on our faith, hoping and believing for. But also what faith does is, is, is that, that faith uh, helps us win God's approval. The only way we're going to prove by God is through faith. And then lastly, it gives us understanding of how things operate. So church, the final idea is this. If we're ever going to be pleasing to God... If we're ever going to have what God has intended for us to have, if we're ever going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, it's going to be done through faith. And the only way to build our faith, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're going to have to get in the Bible. We're going to have to know the God we serve. We're going to have to understand how he operates, who he is, what he's promised, what he's provided for us. And, and by building our faith in that way, in the same way that every time I read the story of the prodigal son, I have more faith in the father. Every time I open my Bible in personal study, it helps me build a foundation that I can stand on because if I want to expect the good things that God has for me it has to be built on a foundation of faith would you please